exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Rinku and I'll be your host as usual for the next hour. As always, Megan to my left. How you doing, Megan? Sore. Sore? <laughs> yes. Tired? It is snowboarding and skiing season, and I decided to give it a shot for the first time this year, and it's already hitting me before tomorrow, <laughs> so I can only imagine what tomorrow is going to be like. I bet. I mean, it must have been fun to go to get out there. Yeah. I mean, for, what, five hours I was out there? <laughs> so, I, I, yeah. It was fun, though. It was a lot of fun. Well, that's great. And even though Holden Hall is a ghost town right now, every all the students are basically back home enjoying their Christmas break. Well, we don't stop. The news and sports don't stop. Stops, we will be here every Monday. So let's kick the show off. All right, right now, a nice little article actually came out on Friday uh, regarding the Big Ten and the division names that Jim Delaney and the Big Ten Commission decided for this uh, conference. And it was Legends and Leaders. Now, Legends and Leaders, I know me and Megan already discussed this. It's crap. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, you know, they're stupid names. Uh, it sounds hokey, childish. Uh, like we said, it sounds like a video game. But a nice little interesting article came out actually on Friday and basically uh, you have Jim Delaney here saying quote I think we have enough experience with names and expansion and development of divisions to know that you never rarely get 90% approval rating but to get a 90% non-approval rating was you know really surprising yeah about 90% of people fans just you know people in the Big Ten don't like this and they really came out against this and they are not happy with it. And I'm actually I'm not shocked that it's, you know, come under such scrutiny, you know, these names, but this fast. I thought it might take a little longer for, you know, this to kind of get out there to really have, you know, people really start talking about it more and say, ah, well, we know we really don't like it. Maybe some people, oh, it's all, it's all right. It's not bad. But, um, you know, Delaney says here, quote, we want to breathe a little bit. And I don't think you make a judgment in 48 hours or 72 hours. Eventually, we are going to have to address the issue of whether or not it's sustainable. But I don't think that's an issue for today. So basically, from what I'm hearing from Jim Delaney is that, you know, they're not going to overreact to this immediately. They're not going to change the names of these divisions right away, but they are going to look at this and they're going to see, you know, should we do something else? Now, I know Megan and I, I know we talked about this. Um, do you have any other good names, really? I mean, because I, I really don't. I've heard I've had some uh, you know things thrown around, uh, different ideas like East, West, North, South. Um, Delaney and the conference, they think that's impractical because of where these teams are located. And I kind of agree. And that is kind of bland. East, West, North, South, it's kind of bland. But uh, I did hear a good one, actually, and they were thinking about maybe naming them uh, you know, the Great Lakes and the Plains. Or like the Plains and the Great Lakes. That's better than Legends and Leaders. Definitely. I will give them that. It's a start. Yeah, I mean, this isn't easy. No. I mean, I, I understand. I mean, we could sit here on the air and scrutinize, uh, you know, the names that Jim Delaney and this, uh, you know, focus group came up with. But at the same time, I have nothing better. Uh, I do think that the Great Plains or the Great Lakes, I think that sounds decent. Uh, I really don't have a problem with that. It just can't be Legends and Leaders. Mm-mm. Just can't. It's not going to cut it. Also, the commissioner has said that he's given barely any consideration to changing the conference name from the Big Ten, just because now we have 12 teams. And thank God, because you know, yeah, that's something I will definitely agree with Delaney on. That's something you don't change. Okay, there's just because you have more teams in the conference, and they didn't change it after Penn State joined in 1990. There's no reason to change the name of this conference. I mean, look at the Big 12 right now; they're only the Big Ten after you know Colorado left, and you know, yeah, I mean, after they've lost, you know, they lost to Nebraska. So I mean, they're the Big Ten now technically too, but they're going to stay the Big 12. It's the way it should be. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons just beyond people knowing it as the Big Ten. Um, you know, one of the biggest reasons is that the name change would also affect the branding of the Big Ten Network, and that is Jim. Delaney's biggest concern, really, the Big Ten Network has really launched off to be bigger than I thought it would ever be, and that only happened in 2007, so uh, just even for the station's sake, they can't be changing this around. But just a little quick story, Uh, I mean, nothing, again, nothing's happened, nothing's changed, but Delaney has come out and said that they are thinking about changing these names. Good for them. 
No, definitely. At least they're coming to their senses. They are. I mean, they're waking up. I mean, yeah, like like Delaney said, you never expect to have a, a crazy high approval rating nowhere in the 90s or 80s. When it's as low as the 90s, when you have 90% of the people against the names you just picked, right. and you've been waiting around for four months, and I mean, this only had, this story only came out about a week and a, half, a week ago. So, I mean, mm-hmm. people came out fast against this. Right. I mean, I'm reading his last quote. It says, it's humbling to say the least because we're trying to build fan bases, not push them away. I was surprised that been around this business a long time and it's one of the more surprising things i don't get how he's surprised by it though i don't know i mean he's been in the yeah, he's been uh, the commissioner of the big 10 for 20 years plus a little bit and yeah i mean i guess they really liked it i mean obviously they chose this because they thought it was good uh you know like what their whole thing was they're just trying not to exclude anyone that's why they don't want to name it like you know the Schembechler and the Hayes, you know or you know bring just specific coaches from old pro from different programs and i get that but hokey legends and leaders is hokey yeah that's all i can say about that it's just it's hokey i mean i know we talked about it last week let's just see if they can come up with something just that has a little bit of better ring to it because yeah. i think everyone thought it was a joke well i agree <laughs> it's I, I mean there's not much you can say about it i said everything i could last week sounds yeah. like a video game sounds childish like you said um i know it's difficult because I, I we can't i've been sitting on it for over a week yeah. and I can't think of anything better. I mean, no. I do like the Great Lakes and the Plains better. Yeah. That's definitely a, that's a good start, as I said. And I think they should take a couple more weeks to think about it. Yeah, take some time. Yeah, and fi- like maybe hire some people. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> Get a new focus group out Obviously, there. you guys aren't doing very well over there, so... Just, yeah, something. I mean, look at some of the other spitballed ideas that were, you know, thrown out earlier. I mean, there had to have been a ton of ideas, you know, over these four months that people had. And I know they finally came to this conclusion, but I think you can look back at some of the other options, possibly, and let's let's rethink this. Okay, but again, that story's done. Okay, we're done with it. I'll let you know when anything changes there. But we're going to change it up from the usual. We're going go to go right to Spartan basketball. Um, this is a Spartan sports wrap. <laughs> As we say every week. As every week. So let's keep it on the Spartans right now. This is a great time uh, just for the Spartans in general. Football, basketball, it's fantastic. And we will definitely have a full preview of the State-Alabama game next Monday. But we will save that for next Monday. But right now we're going to get to Spartan basketball. Uh, right now, as the the new coaches poll and AP poll came out, Michigan State is 12th. They are now 12th in the, the polls, uh, basically rounding out the top five of the polls. Duke at one, Ohio State's two, Kansas three, Connecticut four, Syracuse five. Uh, the Big East alone has five teams in the top ten, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, the Big East is playing great, and you know Michigan State, they're playing better. Okay, they did play this weekend. They played at the Breslin Center, and we played Prairie View A and M. Who's heard of them? I don't know. <laughs> I, um, I, I had heard of them before. Definitely, I mean, I've heard their you know name over the years, but it's about it. I don't know much of anything about the team itself, but you know, this was a this was a game. It was a, actually good timing. Uh, in the sense for Tom Izzo getting into that suspension. Now, we'll get to that in a minute. But good thing he wasn't suspended for the Texas game mm-hmm. coming up. This is a game that, you know, Mark Montgomery, the associate head coach, he stepped in. He was the boss on the bench. And uh, Spartans took care of business. He beat Prairie View 90-51, to uh, completely kicked their butts. Um, the game was 42-27 at the half. So it wasn't close necessarily at the half. Maybe a little closer than some fans thought it might be. But uh, Darrell Summers, uh, this kid came out in a, in a blaze uh 25 points season high for the guy 10 of 15 shooting he was five for seven from three point land and he just played a great game fantastic game and uh basically from what i'm reading you know really the best stat of this game uh the spartan shot 47 percent from the three point line uh eight of 17 they were knocking their threes down and they took care of the basketball they took care of the basketball and actually took advantage when Prairie View turned the ball over. Prairie View uh, turned the ball over 22 times. We scored 25 points off of that, and that's great. Uh, it's good to see the Spartans take care of business at home against a team they should. And the only unfortunate thing, uh, I don't know, I know you said you caught some of this game, not all of it, but uh, Corey Lucius, he turned an ankle in the first half, and he only played two minutes in the second half. 
So hopefully, hopefully Lucius will be ready and ready to go against Texas here at the Breslin on Wednesday. We don't know right now. Uh, Tom Izzo said that he did not practice on Sunday, and he uh, he barely practiced. He only practiced a little bit today, so his status is still up in the air. So we're gonna have to wait and see there. The, the one surprising thing that I brought up earlier too is Kalen Lucas. And yeah. He, every every star has their off game. You oh yeah, that. of course. Four for thirteen. Um, zero and one from three point. I mean, how many points did he have? I didn't see. I uh, don't know. <laughs> I think he, I think he had like I think maybe somewhere around twelve, roughly. Um, I don't have the box score up right here next to me, but yeah. I think he had around twelve. Yeah, he had a rough shooting day. Um, you know, he's good at the line though. He, he made his free throw shots, and like you said, I mean, starters, guys are gonna have their down games. It's gonna happen, especially in a game like this. Sometimes, you know, maybe your head's not completely in the game. You know, thinking about Izzo, thinking about a lot of other things. But I think Montgomery got the best out of his guys. Uh, they played a good game. I hope uh, Keith Appling's all right. Um, he did score seven points in ten minutes in the first half, but he got elbowed in the head, and he missed the second half because he was dizzy. So hopefully he really doesn't have a concussion or anything, and he just kind of got jarred, got knocked around a little bit. Hopefully he's all right because Appling is one of our better freshmen. And Adrian Payne actually looked really good out there on Saturday. I was really impressed with how he played. Had a lot of composure. Uh, you know, had some good moves down low. Nice to see. Uh, I, I just like seeing our freshmen get some more minutes. Mm-hmm. It's good. I mean, especially in games like this, you know, they need play time because you know when we when let's say we get injured let's say guys get injured you know we have to get deeper into our bench these guys got to be ready to play come later in the year mm-hmm. big 10 time you know tournament time so they need to get as many minutes as they can i believe in a you know in a very in a very effective way you don't want to overplay them you want to put them in situations where they maybe shouldn't be in but they need to get as many minutes as they can to a degree it's a good outlook for next year too might yes. be getting a little ahead of myself but freshmen who can play the way that they do especially like appling and Payne. i mean it's it's a good sign for next year mm-hmm. and yeah i am jumping ahead but once our our uh, you know our star players I guess you could say they kind of take off going to maybe that BA, get yeah. on with the rest of their lives. Kalen's going to go on. Darrell's probably going to go on. Yeah, we have some replacements, some solid replacements for him. We do. And obviously, Tom Izzo knows how to recruit. And I think a lot of kids out there in high, playing high school ball would like to play for the Michigan State Spartans. They've seen the success this program has had, even though it's been one championship in the last decade. That's six Final Fours out of the last 12. And you just, you know, like Izzo says, you come and play for me, you come play for four years, you will play in the Final Four. And he's he lived he's lived true to that in many ways. So uh, here's a funny little quote actually from uh, Byron Rim II, who's the head coach of uh, Prairie View and A and M. He says, "Quote: Tom Izzo has been one of my idols for a long time. I really wanted to see him and go up against him. If I had to pick a game to miss." I would pick Prairie View, too. Um, <laughs> he didn't pick Prairie View necessarily to miss it. He had to miss that. And actually, that is the story we are going to get into right now. Uh, this story broke on Friday. Uh, Michigan State men's basketball coach Tom Izzo was suspended one game, and he served that uh, he served that uh, suspension on Saturday for the Prairie View A&M game, like I had said. Um, he received this uh, suspension because this violation, it was a secondary violation that occurred in June, when MSU paid an unidentified individual who had a relationship with a prospective recruit $475 for five days to coach at its camp. Now, that's the same as all the other counselors that make that, that make that, that, that's how much money they make at the camp. And the individual in question coached middle school aged children, and the prospect did not attend the camp. But the new rule in the NCAA calls for a mandatory one-game suspension in cases in cases that involve what the NCAA calls an individual associated with a prospect. The IAWP. All right, whatever. This, uh, this despite the fact the NCAA defines secondary violations as isolated and inadvertent. So that kind of is weird. If you read it like that, if you read just what... Uh, this is an article out of the free press here. Uh, it's a little... Okay, so they call it... Isolated and inadvertent. Yeah, you receive a suspension for it. If it's inadvertent, how is it a violation? You know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I guess I just, I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree with the suspension. I mean, if he broke the rules, he broke the rules, even if he wasn't necessarily aware of it. Um, I know you brought up that there were other coaches involved in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tom Izzo, you know, he is the face of the team. He is the guy. Okay, he gets the suspension. Um, Tom Izzo says, quote, Unfortunately, I'm making my last statement about it because it was one of the worst and most embarrassing things of my coaching career. Hmm. He said, quote, I served my sentence and I am moving on. That's it. 
Good for him. Yes. Don't let it bog you down. No, not at all. And actually, what I was most impressed with Coach Izzo was that the day on Friday when this came out, he immediately had a press conference to discuss this. He did not run away from it. He did not let just the media propagate their own ideas, their own stories about it. He came out and he said what he had to say. He took ownership of this mistake. And you know what? He's a stand-up guy for doing it the way he does it. Tom Izzo is one of the most respected coaches in in college basketball. Okay, He's a clean guy. I don't consider him dirty. Okay, Like they said, I think this was inadvertent. Okay, An isolated incident. This wasn't anything bad. You see many other college basketball, college football coaches, you know, with a lot bigger, lot bigger violations. A lot bigger violations. Okay? The NCAA is flawed in that aspect. The rules are shaky, and they create these sorts of problems. Okay? Just because this guy, what, he, he was in contact with a prospect for, with middle schoolers, and he was hired to work at a camp. Come on. I don't know. It just all seems kind of trivial. Uh, you know, it's it, again, it's not the biggest deal in the world at all. Izzo will be back against Texas for the game on Wednesday. And really, to me, that's all that matters. Because that's what he has to get ready for. That's what he knows he's prepared for. He has to prepare these kids to be ready to play Texas on Wednesday. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, guard Corey Lucius did not practice Sunday. And actually, he did not practice at all today with that right ankle sprain. Hopefully, he will be good to go Wednesday. We don't know, though. And right now, Keith Appling is still, I guess he's still dizzy. <laughs> says Keith Appling is still dizzy. Um, so that's a, that's a long couple days of being dizzy. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not good. No, it's not good at all. But concussion, concussion test came back negative. Huh. Uh, but Appling also did not practice Sunday or today. So I guess we kind of wait and see. I think we'll know a lot more uh, come tomorrow. But, you know, just, Megan, just your thoughts and opinions that on this Tom Izzo being suspended. I mean, what did you gain, What did you see from all this? Um, I mean, I've read a little bit about it. I mean, the article I tried to read was like a three-page article, and I kind of lost interest after a while. <laughs> I don't know how you, you can write three pages about that, but uh-huh. um, the whole situation is kind of iffy, I guess. I mean, if it's a rule, it's a rule. Like, get on with your life obviously Izzo realizes that um yeah. I, I take it and go I mean there's not really I didn't like it very much of course I mean Tom Izzo getting suspended for a game isn't exactly awesome but no definitely not um <laughs> uh, it's just I don't want to sit here and be like yeah it's horrible it's horrible it's horrible like there's reason there's rhyme and reason to everything yeah there's a reason they do things there's a reason it happens and it's just you just gotta take it and go on you can't let it just hover over you for the whole entire rest of the season so yeah and that's, I, just, that's just how i see it i agree i don't think this is going to affect the team in any way i don't think it's going to affect Izzo. i think if anything it might just light a fire under this team and under even the coach uh, that's why i mean the spartans did come out and played a really good game against prairie view don't get me wrong i get it it's prairie view a&m but they still beat them 90 to 51 they beat them handedly they played solid basketball Okay, they didn't turn the ball over. They forced a lot of turnovers. Shot pretty decent from the line. Like I said, shot forty-seven percent from the arc. That's good. Okay, they need to continue to do this against better teams. Okay, this is what we're getting into now. We're playing Texas on Wednesday here at the Breslin. I hope there's a lot of people coming out because that when it's a weird time for a game. Uh, just I mean, day with Christmas. Every you know, it's a tough time. I don't know how many people are going to be able to come out for it. I hope a lot of people do. Um, it's a big game against Texas. It's going to be a really good game. Now, here's a little facts about Texas, about Michigan State, and all that fun stuff. All right, well, Texas right now is 9-2. and two. Uh, They are ranked 22nd in the AP. Michigan State, like I said, number 12 in the AP. So it's, uh, it's our last big non-conference game. Okay, Texas, Michigan State, this is the last big non-conference game Michigan State has. After this, we play like one more cupcake game, and then we go on to play the Big Ten, start the Big Ten Conference, and we play Minnesota on New Year's Eve. Okay, this is a game... The Spartans need to win. I don't care about rankings. I've said it before. I don't care if you're ranked 12th, if you're ranked 16th right now, 17th. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter at this point in the college basketball season, in my opinion, where you're ranked. Okay? But right now, this team needs to win a game against a solid opponent. They had a crap game against Syracuse. Mm-hmm. They had a sloppy game against Duke that they could have won. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, you know, and then they, I mean, I know this is Oakland, but they, I mean, they even, you know, they played Oakland, you know, 77, 70. They need to beat a team that's already proven to an extent. Okay, Illinois, their two losses, I mean, I'm sorry, Texas's two losses aren't that bad. 
They've lost 68-66 to to Pitt. Pitt's ranked right now 10th in the country. And they lost to USC. They got spanked by USC, actually. They got, I think they lost 73-56. to It was on the road at uh, Southern Cal, but they looked bad. But nonetheless, they're a pretty darn good team. All right, Michigan State, I think we know their losses. Connecticut, Duke, Syracuse, we just said them. But this is a game for Michigan State to come out and prove they can beat a good team, and they should be able to beat them at home. Texas is fallible. Texas is not the team they've been before. They're a good team. They're not a great team. Okay? The one thing I'm looking at the Spartans that they need to figure out what they need to work on against Texas and make sure, rebounding. Okay? Texas right now ranks 6th in the NCAA in rebounding. They're averaging about 43 rebounds a game. Michigan State ranks 57th at about 39 rebounds a game. Wow. Now, I know that doesn't sound like too big of a differential. You're talking about four rebounds, 43 to 39, but it is. Okay? It is a big difference. You're talking offensive boards, second chance points. These are big things. Spartans need to rebound the ball well. Now, are you going to get a chance to go to this game? Are you going to come down? On Wednesday? Wednesday, the 22nd. I believe the game is at 7 p.m. Hmm, I wish. I mean, you know, I write those sports articles. They asked me to write about high school hockey that day. So. Oh, so you got to go to high school hockey I instead. do, but hopefully I can catch some of it afterward. And when I get home and I'm writing that article, I can sit there and watch the Spartans mm-hmm. win. Because we, we know that's what they're going to do. <laughs> I, I hope so. I, th- I think they'll win this game. I really do. I think they're, I mean, I know we don't know about Corey Lucius' status yet, but, you know, Kalen Lucas, he's probably getting in. I mean, they had a lot of days off. They had a week off before they played Prairie View. And, you know, it was a good time for them to heal up. Too bad Lucius just got hurt again. He had that rib injury that right. he was uh, healing with. But, you know, the team needs to come out. And they need to play it. They need to play a stand-up game against a good team. Um, you know, definitely Corey Joseph on Texas. Uh, definitely a guy you need to look out for, along with Jordan Hamilton. Uh, probably the two best players, uh, without a doubt. Jordan Hamilton right now from te- for Texas is averaging almost 20 points a game, seven boards, almost three assists. He's playing real well, shooting almost 43% from beyond the arc. Watch out for Hamilton. Watch out for Joseph. Uh, Michigan State needs to come out and play just good defense, take care of the basketball. These are simple things. Okay, I know I know we sound like broken records, <laughs> but it really is this, you know, the simplicity of sports is just, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's hockey, take care of the ball. Turnovers, you know, just bad fouls, you know, not hitting your shots from the free throw line. These are the kinds of things that kill you. Mm-hmm. Because when you're not shooting the ball the best from the field, if you do those other intangibles correctly, you give yourself a great chance to win the game still. If you're not shooting good from the line, which are easy buckets, if you, like I said, if you're not rebounding the ball well, giving up second chance points, turning the ball over, you need to fix these kinds of things to win games. State has proven to me that they're getting better, but these are against sub-caliber teams. It's like if you watch their games, certain things stick out at certain times. Like they're good at rebounding one game, they're good at shooting another game, they're good at making their free throws another game. It's like you got to put every single game together, every single good component of every single game together, <laughs> and then just play. And just play. I mean, it sounds it's easier said than done. Another one of those things, you know. And it's just they just need to come out with their their best attitude, their best. We're gonna win this game. We're gonna win this game because if they're gonna sit there and be like, well, this could go either way, you know. We could win. We just have to do this. It's like, no. Yeah, they need to come out with a fierce mentality. Right, and that's mentality makes the game. If it, not makes it, but you know, it helps a lot. It's a majority of what makes a game. Well, it definitely does. I mean, you know, you want these players can't be sitting around. Oh, Christmas is in a few days. Right. I'm gonna get to go home and see my family, and I'm not gonna have to play for a week. You know what? That's all fine and good. But you know what? Focus on the game at hand. I'm not saying these guys are thinking about that. I'm just right. saying you can, like you said, distractions. Mm-hmm. Guys, when their head aren't when their heads aren't in the game, they make mistakes. They make the mental errors, and you just don't want that. Not for a game against Texas. I don't care about the rankings. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Friends of mine say, oh, what do they rank now? Well, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. This is not college football. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of games. There's a lot of time in the season. You just hope at this point of the season, you know, we've played 11 games. They got about 20 more games to play, like 22 game more games to play. It's just starting to see slowly figure it out. That's what I like about basketball. Because football, it's 12 games, you're done. And then yeah. it's like basketball. It's like, yeah, let's keep going. You know, we can get better. We had a bad game. We can still get ahead. Like, you know, rankings don't matter. And March Madness is like one of the best things to happen to college basketball. Oh, <laughs> March Madness is fantastic. I know. And it's just, that's what people work up for. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's what the whole season is. You have one bad loss to 
a, a good team or a couple bad losses to a good team like we've had or good teams and it's just it's like you learn from it and you move on and yeah. you get better and you get better and you work up to March and as bad as that sounds because you want to be as good as you can be and have the best record mm-hmm. you can be for the year but it's just that's how basketball works and i just love it oh yeah i mean (laughs) i love both aspects of it like you know we were talking about college basketball what i do love about the nfl and about college basketball about college football excuse me is the fact that every game does mean everything that you know in college football we see the spartans they lost one game then you know that forced them into capital one bowl you know every game means so much even in the nfl 16 games that's all you get every game down the stretch means a ton Mm -hmm. now that now listen, I don't basketball is my favorite sport and I don't dislike basketball because every game isn't as important. Okay? Don't get me wrong, these games are important, but they're not do or die matters every night on the basketball court. It will start getting closer and closer to that once you get farther and deeper into the Big 10 because you want you do want that decent seating for the tournament. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a question of whether the Spartans get into the tournament. It's just where. What seed will they be? You want you want to get a good spot. You want to be in a good bracket. Because, you know, you, if you get screwed and have to go west, you, that's going to stink. You know, any Big Ten team forced to go out to the western bracket really screws them over. So, you know, basically right now you just want to see the Spartans beat a good non-conference opponent. That's all I want to see. I want to see a good game. They should be able to win this game, in my opinion. I think it's going to be a close matchup. Texas and Michigan State, they both rank around 48th and 49th in points per game. So they're scoring roughly the same amount of points each game. Like I said, rebounding advantage goes to Texas. Uh, We definitely have the assist advantage. We're averaging almost 18 assists per game. Texas is only averaging about 14. So we're moving around. We we move the ball around better. Okay, and that's great. Field goal percentage, we shoot a better field goal percentage. Not by a lot, but we shoot a better field goal percentage at 47% to 45% for Texas. So in my opinion, this is a very close game. It's going to be a close matchup. It's going to be a good game. Okay, like I said, Coach Izzo needs to get these guys ready to win a big non-conference game, to beat a ranked team, to beat a team who, like I said, has only had two losses. One of them was bad, but they lost to Pitt. They only lost by two to Pitt, and I can't dog them for that. Pitt's one of the top ten teams in the league. Okay, I know they haven't played too much. Texas hasn't had the toughest schedule in the world, but they did beat Illinois in overtime by six. They played some decent teams. Okay, they're not the best. I think Texas is overrated a little bit, but they always give us a hard time. I remember last year, December twenty third, we played Texas again. You know, basically the same game just a year ago, and we lost like idiots. We looked dumb out there, and I just want to see this year come out, have your head in the game, keep your head on a swivel, and play good. Spartans need it. They just need to come out and beat a good team. That's why I think it's not about the rankings. You know, you need to prove you can beat a good team. Especially at home. We're great at the Breslin Center. This is where you need to take care of business. It's where you need to get wins. All right, well, it's 727. So I think we're actually going to take a quick uh, short break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the Lions getting off the schneid finally on the road. Uh, get to a little pistons, little tires. we got a little bit of everything for you. So definitely come back. This is, uh, this is 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Impact Exposure. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student, is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. All right, Megan, we are back Uh and we are to football. Woohoo! 
Now, the Detroit Lions played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers down in Tampa this weekend on Sunday, and they won. The Lions won in overtime 23-20, snapping their 26-game road losing streak that dates all the way back to October 27, 2007, against the Chicago Bears. Over three years of losing on the road. Three years. Kind of hard to put that in perspective. Mm-hmm. But they beat them. And uh, Drew Stan played a heck of a game. I want to give a lot of credit to Drew Stan coming out there. He threw 23 for 37, 252 yards, a touchdown, no picks, took care of the football. He didn't play an amazing game, but he had one of the best games we've ever seen him play as a, as a football player. I mean, I'm not going back to college. Screw that. It's a different league. Okay. But as a Lion, he played a great game. The Lions won. Who would have thought? I, I said they were losing the rest of the season. You only said the Vikings. I said the Vikings. <laughs> I did. I, I thought. I mean, yeah, and that's good. And actually, here's a crazy stat for all you people, all you Lions fans out there. This is the first time since October 19th, 2000, that the Detroit Lions beat two teams with winning records back-to-back. It's been over a decade since the Lions have beat two teams with winning records back-to-back. And it's the first road game they've won since October 26, 2007. Yeah. I don't know if you said that yet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, three years since a road win, ten years since beating two winning teams back-to-back. Talk about a monkey off your back. That's fantastic. I will not get still. I'm not going to go crazy about the Lions. Okay? That was a that was a good win. They fought hard. Dave Rayner and Drew Stanton, it's the state combo that got us to win this game, basically. Dave Rayner very clutch with his 28-yard field goal in the fourth quarter at the end of regulation to tie the game, and his 34-yard field goal in overtime. Down the middle. Got it done. And you know, the funny thing is, actually, everything clicked for the Lions in this game. They didn't turn the ball over. Their running game, fantastic. When was the last time you saw the Lions rush back-to-back weeks for over 100 yards? I don't know. That was a rhetorical question. I really, <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just that's what I don't. I have no clue. Okay, they ran for 181 yards. Maurice Morris was a beast. This guy looked like I mean, we, 15 carries, 109 yards, touchdown. He looked fantastic out there. And who who could ever forget Megatron? Megatron, Calvin Johnson, my boy. 10 receptions, 152 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, but still. Uh, absolutely incredible. Targeted 12 times, 10 receptions. Uh, what a great game by Calvin Johnson. And I know I've been saying this all season. Target Johnson. It's not that tough. Go after Calvin Johnson. You sell the kind of grabs he made in this game. You put the ball in the vicinity, he catches it. Okay, he had a nice little toe tap on the sidelines there. I mean, he had so many great grabs. It's, I still am impressed every time I see him make a catch because I, I, I still can't believe he can grab some of these balls. Throw it to him. Now, here's some, uh, here's some uh, little bad news, a little interesting news. Uh, Drew Stan, actually, uh, this came out no more than pretty much three out, two and a half hours ago. Uh, Drew Stan suffered a separated left shoulder in the first half of Sunday's win over Tampa Bay. Uh, he does not need surgery, but it is unclear whether the injury is going to affect his availability for the game against Miami next Sunday. So my question to our listeners, to everybody out there, if Drew Stanton is healthy... Do we start him over Sean Hill next week? Let's say Sean Hill. Sean Hill was almost ready to play in Tampa Bay. Do you start Drew Stanton or do you start Sean Hill? If both of them are basically at the same health percentage, roughly, who do you start? Give me a call. 517-432-3893. Because, you know, I'm curious. Now, what do you think, Megan? Stanton or Sean Hill? If they're both equally healthy, who do you start Sunday at Miami? I mean, you said it was his non-throwing arm. It's his non-throwing shoulder, yes. I, I've seen more out of Stan than I've seen out of Sean Hill. And it's I, first off, it's crazy that all three of our... Oh. I don't know if we're on the air anymore, but I'm going to keep talking. It sounds like we shut down. Something I'm just out. guessing. Do, do, do. Hang on, I'm talking to people. Yeah. Can you hear me? Are we good? So people can still hear everything? There? All right. Well, listen, I can't hear anything. I can't hear anything. Either. But if everyone else can hear us, I mean, I know everyone probably thought, I don't know what happened. Uh, something, uh, maybe a transformer exploded. 
<laughs> but um, I, I have no idea. But listen, we're gonna keep going because yeah. you know we don't stop. No, we don't stop here. This is radio. You got to roll with it. Get these headphones Take the headphones off. off. We're doing this. Free these headphones stuff. off. All right. <laughs> but listen, back to you know Drew Stanton and uh, Sean Hill. Oh. Um. You know. Yeah. With this weekend coming up. Uh, right now, you know, like Stan, like I said, he's got that injured. Uh, it's a third. Uh, it's a third degree sprain on his uh, left shoulder. So, like I said, not his throwing shoulder. Um, it's basically the same. It's the same injury as uh, Matt Stafford's, roughly. Uh, basically, a third degree separation, and I guess we'll see. Uh, you know, Sean Hill, he has missed the last three games with a broken right index fi- finger, and he has a fractured left forearm uh, from earlier this year. So. Again, Megan, before another Transformer explodes or <laughs> something. Drew Stanton or Sean Hill, Sunday? I say Drew Stanton. Okay. I've seen more out of him than I've seen out of Sean Hill. Uh-huh. He, Drew Stanton, I mean, we've won the last two games with him. We have. And that's an accomplishment in itself. And, I mean, I don't know. I don't know his individual stats recently in these past couple... Oh, excuse me, in these past couple games. <clears throat> but... I've honestly seen more out of him than I've seen on a Sean Hill. I, I will agree that um, I mean I think Drew Stan he played a great he played a really good game against Tampa Bay. Uh, like I said, he took care of the football. Uh, you know some of his throws weren't targeted the best. He does need to work on that, but he's a third stringer. Okay, and uh, I will say that I think you, you keep Drew Stan out there. Uh, you know, like I said, right now, Sean Hill, he still has the broken finger. He still does have the fractured, uh, you know, forearm. If Stan can, it, basically, like they said, if he can manage the pain, if he can, if, you know, if, if that's doable, keep him out there. I, like you said, we've won two in a row with him. Mm-hmm. If it's not broke, don't fix it. There's no need to throw Sean Hill right now. Keep the confidence you have with the quarterback that you've been, that you've won two games with. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, let's give him two more starts, and then we can evaluate whether we want to keep this guy as a second stringer. Do we want to drop Sean Hill? Do we want to move Stan up to second string? Right. Do we want to cut Stan altogether? Why would you want to cut off a good thing? I, I mean, mean, I just think thing going. Well, yeah, and I just think that I think it's going to be easier for the lead, for the franchise in general to evaluate whether they want to keep Drew Stan or not if he plays these next two weeks. Now, if he's not healthy and he can't, then I get it. He's got to sit. That that's a given. But if he's healthy, if he's healthy enough, play him. So then we at least know where we're kind of going after the season ends. Do you keep him? Do you cut him? What do you do? Because I doubt he wants to be a third string quarterback. He probably could find a sec- he probably could find a second string job somewhere in the league. There's a lot of crappy quarterbacks out there, and a lot of crappier backups. Okay, that's why I say give Drew Stanton a chance. Let him play on Sunday and the next Sunday if he's healthy to just be able to evaluate him accordingly. Okay, he did not have a good game against Green against Green Bay the other week. He had a 2.8 passer rating at the end of the first half, but he did have that nice game winning drive in the fourth quarter. He did have that one great drive, and he did put together another really good drive. You know, basically, I mean, let's give a, let's give a lot of it to Calvin Johnson as well to get this game tied up in regulation. It was a nice drive, and it was impressive. I mean, I'm watching this game with friends of mine. You know, lines are down twenty to seventeen with a minute forty one left. You know what I'm thinking? It's over. I was the most pessimistic person on Sunday. I really was. I was. <laughs> it wasn't good. But uh, the Lions proved me wrong, and I think maybe I just need to be that pessimistic all the time. And I guess. Maybe they'll win. Cause I, well, because I'm sitting there with my friend Drew, and he's like, hey, why you got to be so negative? They could win this. I'm like, Drew, shut up. <laughs> like, shut up. Why, why should I be positive about this team? But you know what? They proved me wrong. I'll admit it. They completely, I, I was shocked that they actually got down the field to kick such a close field goal. Oh, I uh, you should have seen where I was when, I, when this game was going on. I only saw overtime. Uh-huh. Um, my grandpa has a bar out in, Weber, or in Dansville, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. And that's where my family Christmas was. And my dad's side of the family is huge. Yeah. Alone, we had almost 40 adults there. And then I have about, mm, I want to say 20 younger cousins. So we had about 50, 60 people there. It's a lot of people. Yeah. And so my grandpa has this huge screen TV. And I walk out and every single male adult 
is standing in front of this big screen TV watching <laughs> overtime and they're all like got their arms around each other. It was it was awesome. That's but it great. was great. I was like the only girl out there like what's going on? <laughs> I'm like watching the game. I'm like, oh, "Are you serious? We're going to win?" <laughs> like if he makes this field goal, I was so excited. So yeah, that was that's my story for the day. No. And no, that's fantastic. It's true. I mean, cuz come on, 3 years. It's it's an insane thing to think about again. 3 years since you've won a road game. T- kind of tough to imagine. No other team has ever. It's the longest road losing streak in the history of the NFL. And now it's finally done. Like I said, you got the monkey off your back there. And I think more importantly, they're winning. Because I have had. I had a different perception before on the Lions and end of their season. I thought, you know what? Let's lose the rest of these games. Let's have a high draft pick. You know what? Whatever. We'll figure it out next year. Looking at that now. I don't agree with that. I, I changed my opinion. I changed my stance on this because the Lions need to have a culture. They don't have that culture of winning. They don't have that mentality to get it done. I think to end the season this way to, with winning, with winning tough games, with you know breaking your you know winless against your own division, 19 games in a row, winless against your own division, breaking that road losing record, that's important. And that's important for this team moving forward to next season. Yeah, they're, they're definitely they're not making the playoffs. We all know that. The point is, is that they need to learn how to win. It only comes from winning. All right, but we got a phone call. Let's check it out. Hey, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Hey, great. Uh, so about who's going to quarterback between uh, Stanton and Hill? Yeah, what do you think? Uh, you, it, uh, to me, it doesn't matter. I think it comes down to the defense and running the ball. Yeah. You know, either one of them, and then whoever's going to give it to Calvin, because that's what it comes down to. Well, definitely. I mean, I mean, you saw it this weekend. You go after Calvin, good things happen. Oh, absolutely. You know, 10 grabs. I mean, he helped my fantasy team, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, yeah, it was a huge fantasy day for you if you had Calvin Johnson. Yeah, but, but, you know, it's going to come down to stopping Bonnie Brown and Ricky Williams and stopping the run. Because Miami is not going to score the points. It's going to it's going to be down to just us running the ball and playing great defense. Well, I agree. I mean, I do hope. I mean, I think the offensive line needs to get the best of Miami's offensive line to make these holes for guys like Maurice Morris and Javid Best because I think that was the key to giving Drew Stanton the chance to go after Calvin Johnson because we had a good running game all day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, let me ask you real fast, man. So, like I said, equally healthy, Stanton or Sean Hill, who do you think, though, gives the team the better chance to win? E- equally healthy, I'd have to say, uh, you know, Stanton's actually won the game. But I think that, you know, if he's going to be hurt at all, put in Hill, let him throw the ball. You know, he got the ball to uh, Calvin in Chicago in week one, I think it was. Uh-huh, he did. I mean, he just threw the ball up there. and Yeah, know, jump ball. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, I really appreciate the phone call. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. But, um, yeah, I mean, really, I just, I don't know. I like to, like I said, I like to see Stan out there the final two weeks if he's healthy enough just to see, just so we can evaluate him better. We've seen Sean Hill play a lot more games as he's played a decent amount of games this season, uh, you know, with Matt Stafford being out. Stan Stafford's only played three games. So we've seen, a, we've seen a lot of Sean Hill, and I do believe that Sean Hill is a better backup than Drew Stan. Um, I think Sean Hill is one of the better backups in the league. Uh, definitely, you, got, you know, just like a John Kitna, I mean, just a solid backup. Not a starter, but a solid backup. Uh, like I said, my old, my big thing about Drew Stan is just being able to truly evaluate this guy at the end of the year. And I think that you have the best chance of doing that, him playing the final two games. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because, I mean, yeah, we've seen him play two games. Well, that's all fine. That's all fun. But I like to see a little bit more. We got another call. The phones are lighting up. What? Hey, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. What's up, guys? How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? I, I'm doing well. Um, I just want to call in about the uh, Stanton... Uh, Hill thing, yeah, and uh, it's interesting that you could say either of these quarterbacks is very good at all. I think I think both of them are bad, and that's that's just the way it is. The Lions won two games, and that was exciting. And don't get me wrong, that's awesome. But really, you need to clean house and look elsewhere. Both of them have played terrible this year. Stanton had five years and never got a look from any of his coaches. I know. So, I I mean, he's just – I just can't – I'm a Spartan fan. I watched him in college, and he was either a hero or he really was. He was a dog. Yeah. He was terrible. He was terrible. He looked t- – Notre Dame is a perfect example, that game in the night. Oh, God. 2006. Make me cry. Terrible. It was just ter- – oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I just don't think you can really put any stock to that. No, I mean, I, I agree. I agree to a point. I mean, I think, like I said, I think Sean Hill's a better backup, one of the better backups in the league. He's only a backup. Drew Stan, I just want to see what he can do 
it consistently. Because guys can come in and they have one good game or they have one good half. But can he string it together for three or four games? And even just for his own sake, you know, develop some stock in this league so somebody else might even get him. I like the kid. I want him to have a chance. So, I mean, Stafford's obviously our guy. I think you do have to shop around and look at other backups in the league. Kerry Collins. Some other guys. You need you need the best backup, and I think you're right on Kerry Collins. You might even look need to look at Donovan McNabb because if you look at it, Stafford is not proven to be healthy. No, he's not. You know, he he can't make it through a season. You know they you know his nickname really should be Matty Ice because he has ice on his shoulder every game. <laughs> Who brought that up last time? That's right, Megan the Matty Ice. It's right, Matty Ice porcelain doll. I mean, whatever you want to call him, uh, he's yeah. fragile. Uh, I also heard Mark Bolger. Uh, you know anybody you want. You just I just don't think Sean Hill has played bad this year. Um, there's a reason the 49ers did not pursue him, and it's not Alex Smith because he's awful. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just not going well. So I'm gonna hang up and listen. But I just give a shout out to Beta Twin, and I, I will talk to you guys later. All right, thanks a lot for the call, man. Bye, Bye Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I, I I do agree. We mostly we need a new backup. Come next year, you need a, a solid guy. I like I was you know I was listening to radio today. Mark Bolger, he's out there in Baltimore. He hasn't played one one snap all season. Okay, Flacco's you know he's had every chance. You know Flacco's their guy. So I um, mean, you get a guy like Mark Bolger, Kerry Collins, just you know a proven backup and a guy who guys that have started before for a while. I know Sean Hill was a starter out in San Francisco, but like you know our last caller said, there's a reason they cut him. Now, he wasn't terrible as a starter. I mean, back then, I think it was about 10-7 and 7 as a starter out there in uh, San Francisco. But the Lions, they have a lot to work on, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's not just the quarterbacks, you know, you know, shoring up your backup. The Lions, they still need to draft defensively, in my opinion. Uh, this draft is not that great for the O-line. This draft is really looking, tw- it's really looking like a defensive draft, kind of. Uh, the Lions just keep getting it done. Just keep picking... Pick decent guys. I don't actually like. I, this is what I've heard too. I would like to see them fall a little farther in the draft. Fall to like a seven. Fall to like an eight. So then you could still you still have flexibility in who you can pick. If you're number two or you're number three in the draft, you're almost forced to take a certain guy and pay him an ungodly amount of money. You know, you pick number three and you pick Patrick Peterson out of LSU. We're gonna be giving this guy like sixty million dollars. You don't want to be. That's just way too much money. Way too much money. You know what I'm saying with the Lions this year is. This is a rebuilding year. We're actually accomplishing something that hasn't been done in years. And, yeah, like you said, defensively, we do need to work on it. Like, I mean, they have one of the best defensive lines in yeah. the league. I mean, with Vandenbosch, Sue, you know, you know, Cliff Averill when he's healthy. Oh, these guys are fantastic. They really have a really good D-line, but you still just need more pieces. Right, and I, I think... If they put all like they put all the pieces together, they could be a decent team. Not a great, you know, great team, but they could be a decent team better than they've been these past few years, even this year. No, definitely. And I mean, I think next year, next year is the year for the Lions. I'm not saying that in the sense that this is their year to go to the playoffs. I'm saying this is the year that they will be under the most scrutiny. This coach, this organization will be under the most scrutiny next year because they should be able to be an eight and eight football team. They should, okay? Stafford, if he can stay healthy. And I still think that's even a cop-out of people. Oh, well, if he was healthy all of this season, oh, well, we'd have more wins. Yeah, maybe we might, but at the same time, our defense is, you know, I mean, if you look at our corners, our secondary is crap. I mean, I'm sorry, Chris Houston, Alfonso Smith, not that good at all. You know, now this weekend we had some guys fill in, John Wendling. I mean, but they're just, we don't have a good secondary at all, and that always is going to hurt you. Okay, our offensive line needs to get better. They played good this weekend against Tampa Bay, but beyond this weekend, Dominic Raiola and a lot of these guys, they've gotten they've gotten abused, and that's why our running game has been so bad because these guys are getting pushed back all the time. Now, here's a little quote from uh, Jim Schwartz in discussing on who's going to be the starting third string quarterback, or who's going to be the starting quarterback uh, for next weekend against Miami. Uh, basically, right now, Jim Schwartz says, "Quote: We'll cross that bridge Wednesday when we get to it. Uh, you're not going to paint me into a corner on who's the starter going to be or what the criteria is going to be. We'll make the best decision for the football team and probably won't announce it until maybe Sunday." So it looks like Jim Schwartz is going to keep to his same mysterioso ways that he had last week. He didn't announce the start of last week again either. So, I mean, now with – I understand this now with Stafford's – I mean, sorry, with uh, Stanton's uh, shoulder being the way it is. But, you know, we'll see. I, I mean, the Lions, they play at Miami on Sunday. You, you got them for a W there, Megan? Against Miami? Against Miami. And the Chad Henny boys. Is it away? 
Yes, it's at Miami. We will be in the state of Florida again. I'm sorry. I was. I haven't really checked out the schedule 100 percent yet, but mm, I'd like. I mean, you had him losing every game the rest of the year. I did. I did. I had him losing all but one, so I'm a little better. They're they're surprising us. I'm not going to say two wins is going to be yeah, woo, they're going to win the rest of the the games and it's going to be great and everyone's going to be happy and celebrating and (laughs) like we just won a championship. I don't know, but um, (laughs) I don't know. I mean. W or an L? <sighs> give me a pick, Megan. You want me to give you one-letter answers here? Just give me a Say W or L, and that's giving, all I need. I'm giving him an L. Okay. I'm giving him an L, just because I... Just I, I don't know if these last two games they just played extremely well or if the other team just played extremely bad or what was going on. Or... Well, I think Green Bay played like crap yeah. uh, two weeks ago. But that Aaron Rodgers going out and Matt Flynn just getting thrown in there. Matt Flynn played a great game, don't get me wrong, last night against the Patriots. And what a performance. But, uh, you know, just in the Green Bay game, I wouldn't say either team played well at all. Lions just won that game, which is good. But... You know, they did look pretty good. They looked pretty good against Tampa Bay. They didn't look great, but they looked pretty good. Um, actually, I'm going to go on a limb and say they beat the Dolphins. Hmm. Uh, just because I think the Dolphins have really been imploding uh, towards the end of the, she- end of the season. The, the whole final half of the season. Uh, Buffalo just got the best of them last, uh, this weekend. Uh, Chad Henney looks like trash. Uh, and any time to rip on a Michigan quarterback, I'll take a chance. So we're going to be on opposite ends this time, huh? We will. I mean, like All I said, right. I'm going to just as of right now. I mean, so you don't know the quarterbacking situation. Right. I like to see where you know Vegas has the spread. You know where how you know what are they favoring? But it's, I'll go with the win right now. It's a mystery with that court. I don't mean to go back to it, but like oh, a yeah. mystery with the quarterback thing, just because. Who knows? I mean, it's not. It's if they do put Stanton, in, it's not his um, his uh, throwing arm or whatever. But who knows how bad that'll affect him? Who knows if they'll go after it because they know he's injured? Who knows? Oh, what they definitely yeah, would. Who knows what they'll do? And, and they go after yeah, Sean right, Hill too. The, the weak spots and Sean Hill they'll go after him too. And it's just you don't know how the quarterbacks are going to handle it, handle the pressure. And you know you need to have a passing game and you need to have a running game. You can't just have one component. Oh no, like. I mean, you can have it outshine as long as it's doing its job, like, 100%. But you can't just have one component completely gone, like the passing game completely gone. He might throw interceptions one after the other. You never know. It's like yeah, such an I mean, air game. They need to have the running game. In my opinion, the reason they've won the last two weeks is because they figured out how to run the ball. The offensive line has gotten their job done. Because, I mean, it's cliche, but really, once you, once you can run the ball, that's how you can pass the ball. If a team knows they never have to guard against the run, okay, then, you know what, they can just easily only rush three and they drop everyone else back. So when you can run the game and they have to honor that, that's when you get Calvin Johnson in one-on-one coverage. That's when you can make some attempts downfield. So if they can get the running game going again against the Dolphins, I think they got a good chance. But I think Mo Morris, Javid Best, uh, even Felton, these guys needed, you know, they need to come out and play another good game. But let's see, gosh, we only have nine minutes left. Okay, quickly to the Pistons. I'm not staying too long on this at all. But uh, the Pistons, uh, they did play last night at the Palace against the New Orleans Hornets. Uh, they beat them 111-108. to uh, Great game. Uh, very intense game. Uh, down to the wire. Uh, the Pistons hit a three-pointer to tie the game with barely any time left in regulation. And uh, just a fantastic finish to this game. Uh, you got the big boy, Jason Max Steele. Jason Max Steele stealing the ball, uh, going down the court. Or just playing his heart out, dunking, just flushing it down. And the Pistons won by three. Uh, Tayshawn Prince played a fantastic game 28 points. He had 11 rebounds. Uh, ben Gordon, he also, this kid was on fire 25 points. He had four triples. And yeah, like I said, Jason Max Seal, what a dramatic, fantastic steal at the end of this game. Um, the Pistons needed this so bad. It's so bad doesn't even describe how bad the Pistons needed a W. They're 9 and 19 right now. Uh, they're just, they've really been struggling. Um, me and Megan, we were talking about this. A very schizophrenic team. As of right now, it's amazing that this team and my they can come out and beat the Hawks handedly. Only like you know a night just and then the next day they get beat by the Clippers at home. Get embarrassed by the Clippers, a team that hadn't won a road game since March 25th, going back to last season. Okay, so and then then they come out and beat the Hornets. It was a good win. Um, it really was a good win. Uh, basically, they had to sh- change up their whole starting lineup. Uh, Rodney Stuckey was out because uh, he has a messed up toe. Rip Hamilton had an upset stomach. Uh, you know, he was sick. Uh, Austin Day had some hamstring. I don't know. It's like, 
Yeah, Rip was sick because he's on this team. Uh, but uh, they did. They changed up the lineups. They started Ben Wallace, Ben Gordon, McGrady, Villanueva, and Prince. And uh, you know, it seemed to work. Uh, it really did. Uh, Will Bynum came out, played a fantastic game. He scored 21 points in 37 minutes. Uh, this team, though, as we all we discussed and uh, we know, uh, it's a log jam at the shooting guard position. They have so many guards, it makes my head hurt. Uh, nobody knows their roles. We'll see. I, I've heard rumors of Joe D trying to work out some uh, trades with other uh, organizations. No team names have come out with these uh, trade rumors. But better believe it, Joe Dumars is working in the front office to try to move somebody. Don't know who. Probably a rip. Probably a Tayshon. Uh, Tayshon's contract comes off the books at the end of the season. Uh, right now, he's got $11 million on it at the end of this year. So if we can find maybe two guys that match up, and you know we'll give them Tayshon. Because the thing is, is that at the end of the season, Tayshon's a free agent. So the question is, do you let him walk for nothing because I doubt he's going to re-sign with the Pistons or do you try to get something for him? I say you try and get something for him because I don't see him sticking around. I love Tayshaun Prince. I love Rip, but this is a business and this team, it, you know, it doesn't matter if you love the guys or not. Sometimes if it's best for the team to get rid of a guy, that's what you got to do. But we're going to move on. Quick other little story. Uh, this is actually um, this is actually a very sad story. Uh, sorry to say, uh, Willie Green, who plays for the New Orleans Hornets, uh, you know he was in Detroit uh, playing last night, and actually uh, Willie Green's sister and uh, his cousin, uh, they were at the game. A lot of the family came out, and uh, unfortunately, his sister and his cousin died in a car accident after leaving the palace last night. Uh, they got in an accident on I-75, uh, right by Adams Road. Uh, basically, uh, Troy police are stating that no one has seen the accident. No one has any idea how it happened. But uh, it says, uh, quote, they went off the roadway at a high rate of speed, went airborne and hit the tree with the roof of their car. Uh, the driver wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Uh, ben Green was flung from the car, ejected about 100 feet, and his cousin was trapped. Uh, ben Green also he actually played for a Detroit Mercy, played basketball. Um, um, shout outs and con- I mean, my condolences, uh, excuse me, go out to the family, uh, the Green family. It's uh, very sad. And, uh, you know, just very sad to see something like that happen around the holidays. But, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with your family, and um, you guys stay strong. But uh, let's move on to another quick uh, story since we're running out of time. Uh, I know this happened last week, but uh, Maglio Ordonez uh, signed a one-year $10 million contract with the Detroit Tigers. So Mr. Mags will be back in town next season, uh, which I think is fantastic. Uh, we might have paid just a little bit more than we wanted to, but it's definitely worth it. Uh, we need a right fielder, and Mags is a good bat. And I'm just happy to have the guy around. He's a great personality, great guy to have on the team. The show's going so fast, I got to boom. I know, you're like, all right, let's go. All right, let's click, click. All right, um, (laughs) let's get to uh, Christmas facts, all right? Let's keep it light, keep it fun at the end of the hour. These are interesting facts on Christmas with other cultures, superstitions, all kinds of that weird fun stuff. Okay. (laughs) In Ukraine, if you find a spider web in the house on Christmas morning, it is believed to be a harbinger of good luck. There once lived a woman so poor, says a Ukrainian folktale, that she could not afford Christmas decorations for her family. One Christmas morning, she awoke to find that spiders had trimmed her children's tree with their webs. When the morning sun shone on them, the webs turned to silver and gold. An artificial spider and web are often included in the decorations on Ukrainian Christmas trees. Hmm. That's interesting. It is. And I'm Ukrainian, so it's nice. Yeah, of course. Go Ukraine. This is all. The Ukraine is strong. We're leaving me out of this. (laughs) I'll just sit in my corner, my German corner. Let's see. Maybe one of these. Maybe one of them be German. Let's see. uh, At Christmas, it is traditional to exchange kisses beneath the mistletoe tree. In ancient Scandinavia, mistletoe was associated with peace and friendship. That may account for the custom of kissing beneath the mistletoe. All right. Say so. (laughs) Peace and friendship, or we're making out. Whatever you think (laughs) peace and friendship are. All right, let's see. Uh, Klaxon is a name that does not belong to one of Santa's reindeer. A klaxon is actually a powerful electric horn. Its name comes from a German word meaning shriek. See, I got your German in there. All right, I I forget. There you go. (laughs) All right, let's see. In many households, part of the fun of eating Christmas pudding is finding a trinket that predicts your fortune for the coming year. For instance, finding a coin means you will become wealthy. A A ring means you will get married, while a button predicts bachelorhood. The idea of hiding something in the pudding comes from the tradition in the Middle Ages of hiding a bean in a cake that was served on Twelfth Night. Whoever found the bean became the king for the rest of the night. 
should put a you know bean in like a pie for Christmas and become the king of Christmas Ooh. for the day. Yeah, well, that's kind of cool. I wouldn't want to get the button or choke on the button or the <laughs> ring. I mean, they put it in the pudding. What if you accidentally swallow choke it? Choke on the button. You could choke on the button. Don't they have like these cakes or something that have like the wise men in it? I do mean, they that's really? totally going off topic. No, but do they? I, I've never like, heard. Like Three Kings Day, that's what it is. Oh, okay. And I don't know if that's now, or I don't know when that is, but they put, like, little, like, like toy kings inside of cake, and what if you choked on that? Yeah, I just feel it's... What is... Are these traditions? It's like they're trying to be, kill your Sounds kind here. of violent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. In Greek legend, in Greek legend, malicious creatures called Kalikansaroi... I know that sounds just gibberish. That was gibberish. Uh, sometimes play troublesome pranks at Christmas time. In order to get rid of them, salt or an old shoe is burnt. The pungent burning stench drives off or at least helps discourage the monster. Other techniques include having a pig's jawbone by the door and keeping a large fire so they can't sneak down the chimney. <laughs> See, I don't know if the, the pungent stench from the burning shoe just drives off the creature. Might drive off everyone else in your neighborhood and your family and your friends. And it probably keeps everyone away. And everyone in your life. Everyone at all. <laughs> okay. Let's get to a couple final ones. Uh, here is one. Well, actually, here's a, here's a nice little Polish one for all you Poles out there. Another ancient tradition observed before the invention of electricity was the blowing out of candles after consumption of the last supper dish and observing the direction that the smoke from the extinguished candles went. It was believed that if the smoke moved towards the window, the harvest would be good that year. A family member would die if it went towards the door, and a marriage of a family member would take place if it moved toward the stove. Customs to ensure a brothel or good harvest, in fact, a major part of rural Polish Christmas time traditions. Today, most of the old traditions are observed as fun, and little importance is given to them. So what if the smoke went straight up? If it went straight up? It doesn't say anything about that. It, it really doesn't. I guess if it goes straight up, nothing happens. No, you guys your, are just Your crops will be okay. They won't be great. Okay? <laughs> but listen, uh, we are out of time. It is 8 o'clock right now, so that is all for my Christmas facts. But I do want to wish all of our listeners, family, friends, everyone out there, a great holiday. I hope everyone has a great Christmas. And uh, we will definitely be back next week for a brand new show. So uh, definitely uh, tune in. My name is Dave Harinkew. My name is Megan. And this is the Sparring Sports Wrap here in 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You've been listening to Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89 FM.